What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 92 of the Justin Insight podcast. Uh, this week, not a show where I, Tim Birkbeck, talk to someone involved in the alternative music scene and find out what makes them tick. A uh, bit different this year, this year? Fucking hell, this week, because uh, we're doing our, our Albums of the Year review, uh, and like last year, I'm sat in the home of my lovely brother, uh, Adam slash Ginge Birkbeck. Uh, thank you again for, for doing this with me, and yeah, cooking me dinner and shit. All right. Thanks for having me back. No worries. Um, just uh, a heads up how we're going to kind of do this. Uh, obviously going to go from 10 to 1, but when we get to 2 after that, going to have a little break and just do honourable mentions of other albums that we've enjoyed this year because there's just been a fuckload of really cool music this year. Like, I'm pretty much had my top five nailed down quite early on, I think, but to nail everything down, else down to a top 10 was quite difficult did you find it quite hard actually no um i actually thought this year was a bit meh oh really okay yeah it wasn't till like the later part of this year when it started picking up for me to yeah, be yeah. honest but um i'll explain more in a bit i suppose <laughs> um i was gonna say something else oh yeah um so obviously when we did this last year there was a few crossovers a few that i think well, there's maybe like one or two on my list that you hadn't heard and vice versa. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of expecting there to be maybe one crossover this year, if maybe two at a push, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think you're you're going to be quite left field this year for some reason. I don't, well, I think there, I reckon there'll be a few clashes. Uh, I haven't been too left field. I mean, I've, this is probably the, the year where I've paid attention to music the least, right. to be honest. I don't. I can't really pinpoint why that is. I've it mostly been through, um, you know, friend recommendations and things like that. So I haven't really gone out of my way to look for more stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, to be fair, I don't like. Obviously, some of it for me has kind of come up because obviously, like, I'm signed up to mailing lists. I get like things through that. So there's other. There are things that popped up that I maybe never heard of. But I think a lot of it is just bands that I would have naturally followed anyway that have released new stuff yeah yeah it's, it's pretty cool so i guess it's not i think there's maybe like one new band on okay. my on my top 10 but everyone yeah. else is kind of i mean i'm i'm 100 that there's going to be stuff on my list that you haven't heard of <laughs> but um yeah like i said if i've gotten into radio a lot this year actually oh really i've okay. never been a big radio listener but yeah I think Radio Six has opened me up quite a lot. Yeah, it Fair might be, yeah I think it's my age, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Well, should we get into it? Yeah, do it. Yeah, cool. Right. Well, we'll st- kick off with number ten, um, as it's my show. I will go first. Yeah. Uh, number ten for my 2018 record of the year is uh, Mum Jeans' "Puppy Love." Are you familiar with this record? No. No. Okay. No, so they're kind of like new wave emo band. Uh, from California, they had uh, a record out two years ago called Best Buds. It was sort of like really kind of angsty, really sort of uh, like good breakup music. I think is the best sort of way to describe okay. it. Um, but Puppy Love is kind of a an evolution from that. Like they've kind of got a bit more of an aggressive tone to it, um, and yeah, it's just a really kind of taking that kind of American football sort of style 
of, okay, I'm a bit more involved now. Of emo. Carry on. But like bringing it to 2018 sort of thing. Like, I'm trying to think. Kind of like, you know, the, the sort of, not Pianos Become the Teeth, but that kind of era top shelf. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kind yeah. of like um, Cast of It and that kind yeah, of Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of like that, but a bit more sort of catchy sort of melodies and, and things like that. But I kind of came to this album a bit late in the year. I can't remember for the life of me how I saw it. I think somebody just mentioned a bit of a buzz like around it at a certain point of time. It, I, think, I think it was a couple of months after the actual record came out because I think this came out maybe March time. Mm. Um, and I, I just kept seeing the name sort of being mentioned and I was like, mum jeans, it sounds a bit... <laughs> sort of thing sounds a bit cliche name yeah yeah yeah. but no I really really enjoyed it it's got some like really sort of groovy riffs but the kind of it is a bit cliche in the lyrics but the guy I can't remember for the life of me his name but he just does it really well it's kind of like in a in a kind of Jeremy from Touche Moore way like it's really emotional but like cleverly worded rather than just like oh, I'm so sad sort of thing okay. um, but yeah that's that was the kind of thing um, I just realised looking at my notes another thing I forgot to mention that I wanted us to do this year is to, to give a song recommendation for each band yeah okay um, so the song that I'm going to recommend off this album is a song called uh, You Can't, Can't Eat Cats Kevin because <laughs> it's got like all of their song names are quite quirky um, but yeah it's one of those it's a song that kind of, as I say, it, it sort of sums them up. It's got that kind of catchy melody, but all of a sudden there's like a bit where it kind of slows down and then all of a sudden just kicks back in with like really sort of heavy distorted riffs. And Is it like a metaphorical thing or does he actually have a mate called Kevin who eats cats? I mean, he might do. <laughs> I hope he does. If... Actually, no, no, I shouldn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he's telling him to stop, so maybe, maybe it's a good thing, I don't know. But yeah, so kicking off our... Our sort of start into this year is Mum Jeans. Cool. Uh, Coloured me clued in, I guess. I'll, yeah. I will check it out. Yeah. Uh, number 10 for you. Number 10. Uh, Fresh In, actually, uh, only released a couple of weeks ago, is um, L Sweatshirt with some rap songs. Right. Um, heard it? I have. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't honestly think a ex member, well, I guess it would be ex member now of Odd Future. Yeah, yeah. Be in my top ten. Although I have always been a fan of El Sweatshirt, I think he's probably out of that group. Out of that group, he's, he provides the grittiest, darkest, yeah, yeah, darkest, darkest content. And um, for reasons, it seems like he suffers quite heavily of depression, anxiety, and things. Like that. I think he even cancelled an entire tour purely for that reason. Yeah. So he's quite reflective in his lyrics of those reasons. But this new one, it, it really. It really grabbed me. I, I think I had my head in the like I've said before we started. Is like I think I've had my head in the sand for a lot of the music this year. Yeah, yeah. But this grabbed me for. for I was waiting for a really good hip hop release because I haven't heard one yet. Um, but yeah, I, this is what just what I wanted to hear. Mm. Like the production's perfect on it. It reminded me of like early sort of MF Doom. Um, what's his name? Mad Villain and uh, that kind of really scratchy sort of vinyl staticy yeah, yeah, sound yeah. quite upbeat sound actually although some of the content is dark and um really clever lyrics like all all the songs kind of 
blend into one. It must be about twenty-four minute album. Yeah, like. yeah, it's not long at all. And they just they just flow straight into it. Yeah, you don't even know the tracks have changed half the time. But yeah, I'm need to ease up on this record a little bit so I'm getting to that point where I'm listening to it a little bit too yeah, I, I've, yeah, yeah. I haven't stopped listening to it since it came out Yeah. so I need to slow down because I'm going to get bored of it I really don't want that to happen <laughs> yeah. so yeah I'll switch out number 10 and my song would be uh, Azuka which is I think later on in the album oh one another really cool aspect of this record actually is a song called uh, Playing Possum which he is not actually on and from what I understand it's his parents who split up when he was very young and they're um, both providing spoken word. I think his mum's um, doing some sort of acceptance speech and his dad, who's also a poet, is um, doing some sort of motivational speech about sort of immigration and racialism and that kind of stuff. But And it's all kind of... Backtra- um, backdrops by this really nice sort of washy ambient there's not meant not really a beat to it yeah yeah but I just thought it was really clever and really yeah. cool and then it just goes back into your old average elsewhere yeah it? yeah oh, to be fair I only really checked this album out fully quite recently I, I know it's only been out for sort of a couple of weeks but I'd in all honesty, completely forgot about El Sweatshirt. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the other thing. Sorry, I was going to say I'm not sure because again, head in the sand, yada yada. I a lot of releases in the hip hop world are quite sort of sudden, aren't they? Just, yeah, yeah. Sort of hap- uh, surprise release. Yeah, I'm not sure if this was or not, but all, the only reason I saw it is because it popped up on my Spotify. Yeah, and because of that, I kind of went back and listened to. to I forget the name of it, but the record that you did before. Oh, this. it's um. I don't go. I don't like shit. I don't go outside. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, and prior to that, the only record I'd heard was the first record he did under the Odd Future sort of bracket. And I was like, oh, this is like because I liked the the Odd Future stuff. And l- then I listened to that record, and I was like, oh, this is like a mature guy now. Because like obviously previously he was like a what fifteen, sixteen year old kid yeah. sort of. It was almost kind of like a novelty, him like saying this really like horrible shit. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what where this free old stuff came from. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then to hear him kind of d- saying these things through a maturer voice, and then this record now is sort of a push beyond that even further. The only sort of thing that I don't know maybe hasn't fully clicked with me yet is I think that some of the beats themselves are a bit kind of drawn out like there's not I don't know it's because it's quite quite where the sort of like subject matter is quite dark that obviously reflects in the actual music itself and you're kind of almost waiting for that so when's it going to pick up and I think that was the only thing that kind of was like oh this is just sort of bumming me out a little bit well, I'm not sure if I agree with that it didn't bum me out on the other the lyrics of that but I thought all the beats were pretty consistent and all one flow quite nicely I mean I I I think I went through the album twice without even... Re- well, yeah. obviously I realised, but I just let it play through. I was yeah. Like, yep, ding it. Still ding it. Fair enough. Um, we'll stay with you for, for number nine. All right, number nine is um, Bill Ryder Jones with Yawn. Not Familiar? a clue. No? Not a clue. Okay, you remember that? Um, sort of, I think they defunct around the early 2000s, maybe 2006, eight, six to eight. The band The Coral? Yeah. The guitarist of that band. 
right gone solo and he's since done like little EPs and he's also done like film scores as well um, again this is a relatively recent one as well I think so he signed to Domino Records um, and he brought out this and uh, I heard the track I think it was called Mither I think that was the main single from it and I immediately clicked with it yeah it's just it's really sort of somber quite it's quite moody and the guitars are really sort of down tuned so it's actually got quite a naturally heavy sound okay and when i was listening to it i was thinking there was obviously like the quiet sort of more calmer moments and it will build up to crescendo and it will kind of get like really heavy and the guitars sound massive but they're quite sort of low in the mix right i couldn't help but think if he was in a uh, if this was produced by like um Someone big like say Kurt Ballou, yeah, yeah, for example, he would have clicked every pedal on his <laughs> studio to make that sound as loud as possible. But because it's kind of it's supposed to be suppressed, yeah, yeah, that's why it suits it so much better. But yeah, it kind of I haven't listened to a lot of his solo stuff beforehand, but it really reminded me of um, early Mogwai, like okay. you know the, the record Rock Action, yeah, yeah, very yeah. similar in sort of tones. Sometimes I was like, oh. Dig sort of early Mogwai <laughs> and uh, kind of kind of like Sun Kill Moon in a way you know Mark Mark Kozlik. yeah 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 that kind of stuff um, the guitars are lovely like really really nice like you, he's done a lot of overlapping with the guitars so it's quite almost sort of a loop effect half the time um, yet to see him live I'd really like to see him live because I'm not sure how he pulls it off if he's got a full band or if yeah, he just does yeah. it on his own so yeah, the standout track for that one would be, I think it is, Mither. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, check that one out. Cool. I will certainly do that because I've never heard of <laughs> the dude. Um, number nine for me is, well, when I'm going to mention it, it's probably not going to come as a surprise to you. Uh, Fiddlehead, uh, Springs no. on the Blind. Pat, <laughs> Pat Flynn's, well, it's not a new project, but obviously uh, latest kind of release project um, for people not in the know, I'm sure you do because I've probably blabbed on about it enough uh pat flynn former vocalist of my favorite band have heart so i was obviously instantly kind of drawn to this but again it's kind of similar to to the mum jeans thing it's kind of that sort of emo grunge kind of vibe to it but um this record like purely not just because it's pat flynn like this record it did take me a few lessons i will admit like the the lead single off it lay low instantly i was like this is awesome pat flynn doing sort of like 90 style grunge but sort of turned up to the max like i'm in for it sort of thing but then when the the record was actually released i was sort of like yeah okay there's a few tracks but i'm not sure if i'm fully kind of on board with it but the more i listen to it this is kind of a a theme again to this year like it's stuff that i have gone back and listened to several times that I finally kind of sort of like okay no I need to listen to this as a body of work not individual tracks because it just doesn't work okay. and obviously like the are you aware of like what the record's about no so uh, I'm not sure how recently but uh, he lost his father Pat Flynn okay. and it's basically about the way that him his mum his whole family and everything have kind of dealt with that grieving process and sort of grief in the wider sort of spec um subject sorry um and when you like there's the song which i 
kind of will pick out as the the standout is uh, Poem You, which is kind of his letter to his sort of past father, like sort of saying like what the influence he had on his life, how he's sort of helped this incredible woman who he regards as his mum. And the whole sort of story is kind of like their relationship and how like it developed and how he's now dealing with it being a near sort of like mid thirties kind of man having to look after or well, not look after but sort of dealing with a grieving mother as well as his own grief sort of thing so yeah. it's like when you sort of look at it through that <clears throat> perspective it's kind of it does make sense and it's like a really it's a kind of a clever album I guess like lyrically wise he's like again he I think he's a really good wordsmith he does like he's not one of those people that just sort of it's clear as day is what he's saying like he's it's not metaphorical, but he's wording things in a really clever way. Um, so yeah, I just think like it's just a really sort of for that type of music that is inherently quote unquote sad. It's a refreshing spin on doing that because he's almost telling a te- like kind of like what Stage Four was for for um, Touche. Yeah, yeah. Like obviously that was the story of his mother. This is kind of pat flynn's story sort of thing right so i think that's why i kind of gravitated towards it because it's not just here's a song about this here's a song about that it's almost a narrative throughout so yeah i just and obviously pat flynn is is a is a tick in the box sort of thing but yeah that's that's my number nine cool yeah um i think i i didn't spend a whole lot of time with it i listened to i think i've listened to him once full once and um I, yeah, I really dug it straight away. Yeah, like I, I think it was that's a good thing. I was taking this as a, like a reminder to have spent a bit more time with it. But I think the only thing I remember thinking about it was just maybe well, Pat Flynn sounds great on it. I think he should sort of change up dynamics a little bit because yeah. I, I think nearly every song he's kind of goes hello, hello, yeah, 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 hello, hi low, hi low, hi low. So if he changes up that bit, I think they'll be on. Yeah, and I think like. I'm not obviously. I know they did a, a, an EP before the this full length, um, but obviously prior to that, like most of the stuff that he's done has been predominantly shouting. Obviously, Half Heart was shouting, Wolf Whistle is kind of screaming, shouting. Um, what was the other band he did? Um, Wolf Whistle? No, Wolf Whistle's one who said Jesus something. Sweet Jesus. Sweet Jesus, thank you very much. That was kind of kind of along the more singing lines, but again, it was that sort of aggressive kind of punk nature, whereas I think this is kind of the first time he's taken that approach to it. So it might just be sort of a a learning curve, and we might see that later down the line, I don't know. I hope we do. hope we do, indeed. Um, we'll go back to you for number eight. Number eight is John Hopkins with um, Singularity, it's called. I've... Haven't actually heard it, but I'm no. aware of John Hopkins. Yeah, stuff. sure. Okay, so it's his fifth album. Uh, the last album was called Immunity, which gained quite a lot of traction and it mm. got him a lot of attention. I was going to say that's the one I've kind yeah. of listened to the most, and a lot of people kind of point. That's towards. it. Yeah, he got a lot of work out of that. I think he did a, a couple of film scores. Yeah, out of yeah. Um, so this, what this is, is basically just every part of that, but sort of perfected and amplified in the right spots. So, 
the most of it's the first half of it is could be considered a sort of more ambient uh, house record like it's yeah. a bit more pumpy but, and then it, when it gets to the halfway point that's when things get a bit more classical a bit more a bit even more ambient um, and there's some really great sort of um, music videos to accompany it which I highly recommend watching if you're a fan of the album because it really complements it really well yeah but this whole sort of aesthetic um, I think the perfect track to maybe sum this record up would be a track called Luminous Beings which goes on for about 11 minutes and he actually <laughs> yeah. he actually covered this on um, you know the Song Exploder podcast yes is, yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's where they tap into one particular track and sort of um, come to how he wrote it and basically what he said is this one and you can once I heard it it made a lot of sense he kind of playing around with a lot of sort of bass booms and what he did he just turned the delay all the way down right until it almost diminished and then he started to use what became was like a natural beat and he sort of built up on that okay so it's really really well done so the whole sort of phone the whole phone because <laughs> you're looking at phones yeah, sorry <laughs> I was thinking if I'd had that episode <laughs> scheduled up well, I must have listened to it already yeah yeah check it out but yeah, that whole song is is it's quite a ride. That one, very up, very down, very up, very down. Lots of um, live uh, instrumentation along with like the sort of electro side of it, which I'm a big fan of. Um, had the opportunity to see the live experience actually a few years ago mm. now, but that was in a festival environment, so I'd quite like to see it as his own thing. Yeah, I know he's. I can't remember when it is, but I remember seeing that he's doing. I'm not sure if it's a tour of this album. It might be a one-off. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I saw something pop up, but mm. yeah, because yeah. again, kind of late to the party with him a little bit, but mm. it's definitely something that I think in a live environment would be just either kind of spiritual yeah. or just massive, like either end of the spectrum sort of thing. Yeah. So yeah, if if he's got. The whole set dedicated to him, just him. You probably imagine what the live shows. Yeah, like. yeah. But when I saw it live, I was half cut. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I did remember enjoying it, and I remember dancing a lot. Like this is the thing, because again, I'm not massively familiar with any of his previous stuff, and I've I've know the record, but I haven't listened to this one a lot. But what would you kind of say is sort of like if you were to give a sort of snapshot of like what he does mm. like how would you sort of describe it to someone well it's, it's a sort of electro house producer yeah but uh, he's obviously he's, his main background is kind of like piano and classical yeah because it's, it's that weird sort of it's got that electronic vibe but yeah. uh, it's understandable why he's done film stuff because it mm. lends itself perfectly to that kind of world doesn't it yeah yeah like the, the I think the album closes out with just purely pia- uh, piano just yeah like, like no no beats, no nothing. Yeah, right. Um, my number eight. It seems we're, we're kind of having a bit of a theme that you're kind of like, ah, oh, nice, chill, mellow. And well, I'm now going heavy. Uh, this was a kind of a, a oh, late. I got heavy. Um, this is kind of a late one into my list, but it was a record. Like once I sort of heard it, I was like, oh shit! And this is a band that. I was kind of a fan of, but not massively. 
um, as cult leader, a patient man. Um, was a Gaza fan, not as much as yourself, but you were the one that kind of got me into Gaza. When cult leader became a thing, it just kind of sounded to me like Gaza, but turned up a bit more. That was sort of the vibe I got from their sort of early stuff, and I kind of drifted away from it. I didn't really sort of go back to it. Um, but then they announced this record, and I was like, oh, okay, cool, another cult leader record. And then they released the single, which uh, is called I Am Healed, and it was just a fucking punch to the gut. It was like, why have you slept on me? Why have you not listened to my band? And I was like, okay, you have my attention. And um, being in a fairly privileged position that I am, that I get sort of press releases and whatever, blah, 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 I managed to get this record a few days ahead of that it was released. So I was like, I need to go deep on this. And I was just blown away. Like... I can't. What's the? Oh, bear with me. I'm just gonna find out the name of their. So, Lightless Walk was the first record. Yeah. Um, again, it was okay, but I wasn't that sort of enamoured on it. I but, really liked that record. Well, that's a, a lot of people have said that, but I think, may I might need to go back and listen to it now that I've kind of got my cult leader ears. Sure. Sort of yeah. Thing. Okay. But I think at the time I was just sort of like, it's a heavy hardcore record. Cool. Like, and sort mm. of passed passed on sort of thing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like this record opens with I'm Healed and just from there it's just an assault on the, on the senses essentially like but the thing that a lot of people kind of criticize well not a lot of people but I've seen criticisms is the kind of more doomy post rock elements that they've kind of introduced to, into this record because uh, there's the two songs um one of the singles is to to achilles or cali achilles or whatever oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah so that one followed by a world of joy which are both kind of slower down tempo songs and then it kind of kicks back into the sort of chaotic stuff that they're known for but i think that's like personally that's why i love this record because it's not just a continual like blasting your face off like guttural vocals all the time they're trying something different they're especially in a world where like in the heavy world like if you're a quote-unquote heavy band if you're not like heavy as fuck like people are just sort of like yeah nowadays mm. like we might mention them a little bit later but I, I give an example of jesus piece like that record is heavy and people go like nuts for it because it is a heavy record but i think why this interested me so much was because it's a heavy record but it has interesting elements mm. um and that's why i've chosen uh the very last song of the record uh the broken right hand of god as the song that i recommend because i think it kind of encapsulates 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 sorry um or encapsulates <laughs> yeah. um everything that cult leader do well into one song it's got the sort of crazy chaotic sort of metal side of things it's got the dude just screaming his lungs out but then right at the end it turns into an essentially a post rock song and if that's the way the cult leader are going in the future i'm all for it and yeah, I I kind of surprised myself putting this one on there because, as I say, I wasn't a huge fan 
prior but i very much am now yeah and i'm keeping my fingers crossed that they're touring here next year sweet yeah i enjoyed it um i think the i think the second single they released i think it's called isolation in the land of milk and honey yeah is that right i think the first couple of minutes of that track on this is going to sound a bit extreme is the absolute pinnacle of metal and hardcore yeah that song it just explodes perfectly, <laughs> yeah. doesn't it? Like the guitar sound wild. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know how he does that whole. Well, well, yeah, well, yeah. This. I, I don't know what he's doing there, and the drums are insane as well. Yeah, that probably gets the most plays for me. That song, yeah, yeah, because that's got the kind of post rocky ending. But I, I kind of saw the the shift in um, in mood coming because they did. Um, I think they did an EP with a, a Sun Kill Moon cover. Where yes, he was, I remember. That's yeah, where yeah. he kind of got his croony chops, I think. Yeah. You know? And they've had a big influence. Uh, sorry, he's had a big influence on that band. Um, and I forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, great record. Great yeah, record. cool. Um, number seven, we'll go, I'll go first. Okay. Uh, Zeal and Ardor, Stranger Fruit. Oh, I can't talk. Stranger Fruit. Stranger Fruit. <laughs> Stranger Fruit. Um, have we discussed Zeal and Ardor before? I don't think we have, no. No. Are you familiar? I've heard Are you the a name. Fan? I've heard the name. I've heard the music. Right, okay. So, a uh, bit of background. People, I'm sure, will probably know this, but the guy, I can't remember his name, is like Manuel something. I can't, I can't pronounce his surname. Um from what i gathered he was doing like a another musical project i think it was kind of more like just straight up rock um and it wasn't kind of going anywhere and then he did this kind of laptop project so basically where he recorded everything and he stuck it up on i think it was 4chan um weird yeah or some it was like some like platform that you wouldn't expect and basically people were like this is cool do more of this sort of thing and then he kind of started adding different elements to it and people were like nah go back to that and do a bit more of this and kind of it was sort of audience participation led to the first kind of incarnation of Zeelanado which was again it was all written recorded and everything by him but it's this kind of the way I describe his voice is just kind of like what you'd expect of kind of like a New Orleans blues guy to kind of have. That's kind of his staple lyrical uh, sort of vocal style. But then it's got this undertone of kind of like black metal. So like the mu- like the music itself like has like sort of like blast beats in it and things like that. But then he's also heavily influenced by like occultism. So there's a lot of like satanic sort of values in there and things like that. But then being a sort of black American, there's a lot of sort of in the actual lyrical content. There's a lot of sort of hysterical things regarding what the black struggle was about. So there's a lot of influence of kind of like literally old school slave chain music and things like that. So he's like pulling all these really weird influences and making metal, but like to the weirdest extreme that you could think of. Um, fast forward to to Stranger Fruit and obviously the first record which I can't remember for the life of me its name and I can't be bothered to find it <laughs> um, 
was kind of it was like well received but people were kind of like we want to see this live and i th- i think he started kind of toying with the the live element before this record but then he like that's when he started doing a full band and even though this record again was fully written by him it was recorded as a full band and you can tell the difference between the two um and again like a lot of the the lyrical content is based around sort of african-american slavery um sort of there's songs about kind of like lynching and things like that but then there's also like this weird kind of demonic nature to it as well it's really like it's really head fuck (laughs) yeah but it's really interesting and like it's just i don't there's something about it like when you listen to it because in all honesty, the the songs are kind of repetitive. Like, they kind of follow pop way in sort of this like verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Mm. But you can't help but like it's almost hypnotic that you're sort of stuck in it. And a lot there's a lot of kind of like ch- like rhythmic chanting, like backing vocals, and that's kind of because I've been fortunate to see them twice this year. And I think that's kind of the element why people are drawn to it because it's like, oh, this is quite simple, but at the same time really sort of left field and interesting and it's no surprise they played Art Tangent this year because they are kind of a stereotypical Art Tangent band Um, but yeah like it's just every song has kind of different elements to it like he'll do songs where it is just kind of really basic piano, drums, guitar and then him doing vocals but then there'll be ones where he's doing like shredding on the guitar there's like blast beats he's screaming and then it go just all of a sudden just drops back down and it's really calm and this kind of bluesy sort of voice it's really sort of strange kind of yeah it's just a weird mix of everything but it, it just somehow works and it's like really really cool um in terms of songs there's quite a few to kind of pick from like the the lead song of it um Gravedigger's Chant is is a cool song, but I think in terms of if you were to listen to one song to get an idea of what Zillanado is all about, um, it's quite a poor name for a song, I think, but it's called Row Row. Um, and again, it's just got that element. It's quite repetitive, but it brings together all the chanting, all the clapping, all the backing vocals, but then the black ele- uh, the black metal elements to it. So. Yeah, Zillanado. And I think, like, to an extent, obviously, I know it's kind of low down on my albums of the year, but certainly my live band of the year. They're just live are fucking incredible. Cool. Oh, I think I might have to. Check it out <laughs> that was an education. There you go. So, yeah, okay, I'll check out cool. Zillanado. Uh, number seven. Uh, number seven is... Okay, this... I think seeing this live recently push this quite a lot and that's shame with sh- uh, <laughs> songs of praise um, yeah I got the opportunity to check them out live a couple of weeks ago um, which I was meant to go to but I was ill in bed no that's all good um, <laughs> no but I'm, I'm saying that in bitterness oh okay <laughs> well yeah you missed out uh, it was my first kind of wow album this year, like I said, the, f- the earlier part of this year, there wasn't a lot that was grabbing me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, someone's so, trying, so to, someone's pair trying to my steal TV. my brother's 
Wi-Fi later. Okay, sorry <laughs> about that. Um, yeah, so this is my, the first album that really grabbed me early this year because, like I said, there wasn't a whole lot I was really digging. I was going back to a lot of older stuff, and this popped out of seemingly nowhere. Um, I haven't didn't really have a lot of exposures to him beforehand, but uh, really young band. I think they're only. 2021 maybe I might be wrong on that but they're, they're crazy young yeah yeah and they play really sort of I want to say mature that's not, probably not the best word to say but um, it's ahead of their time yeah yeah it's kind of ain't what I like to coin them under is like a, a really modern day version of the fall yeah like very can, very post-punk very aggressive um, and like I said the, the the album's great, but the live experience is so much more. Like the the songs get a, a lot more of a kick up the arse, so to speak. Like there's a bit more energy behind the songs. I guess yeah. because they've been touring this album for so long, a lot of people have um, gotten used to the songs now, so they've got to give them that extra kick. Yeah, but that I feel live is where really where these songs thrive. Um, song I'd recommend definitely is one Rizla. I think that's the case for a lot of people I think that's the track that they probably pounce on the world with actually. yeah yeah but yeah like I said it's very sort of post-bunk lots of lots of big riffs um, like I said very influenced by the fall and I'd, I'd even give nods to bands like um, like more recently Ice Age and Proto Martyr and that kind of elk of bands yeah and um, it's nice to see UK bands sort of thrive in that scene now yeah well. yeah um this was an album that I was... I can't remember if it was you that put me onto it. Or I'd kind of seen a few people sort of talking about it at the time of release. Because, as you say, this was quite early on in the year. I think it was maybe like February. Or yeah, it? it was super early, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I kind of saw the title, Songs of Praise. I was like, what? Because like, cause like, cause I hadn't really heard of the band prior yeah, to, this, to this record. Um, and I kind of looked at the aesthetics of it, and it's weird. I've obviously just got it up on Idols and um, Idols Spotify because Idols is about the, the band I'm about to mention. Um, it says for fans of Idols, and obviously their aesthetic, like on social media, is quite similar to Idols. So I was sort of like, oh, is this just going to be like another Idols record? But it's not at all, and I was quite pleasantly surprised. Um, for me, it's not a record of the year candidate just because I don't think there's enough going on for me personally like it's got good songs like you said One Rizzler is a banger Concrete is the one that I personally choose because I really really like that song but after that for me it's just sort of like oh this is a nice album to listen yeah, to yeah there, there are definitely flaws in the songwriting yeah. I think I, I mean it's it gets to a point where it almost they're almost kind of running out of ideas. I, I, I don't know if that's a popular opinion, but there are times, very skippable times. Yeah. But you get the reward after you skip. Yeah. They're always really good songs. <laughs> but yeah, I I am a fan of Shane, but I don't I don't know after like I listened to this album a couple of times, I was sort of it was one of those ones I was sort of like, okay, yeah, cool, I'm done with that, and then up until obviously you ended up going to see them but we were meant to go see them mm. was kind of when I revisited again and I was like oh yeah like this is a good album sort of thing but yeah it's not not one of the my faves of the year I'll say yeah uh, um, we'll go with number six um, <laughs> this is an album but 
because I'm intrigued well it's just a fucking mix of weird things uh, the Hearst Collective friends oh, lovers yes. and fa- favourites um, damn I miss this one it's about 20 tracks I think yeah yeah. I don't think one is over two minutes mm. um, but the, the reason I say it's a kind of weird mix of things is because for people I'm unfamiliar with the Hearst Collective I think the base of it is a four piece now it originally started as two of them yeah um, but their identities are well to the wider world are unknown pretty much um, but for this record I think every single track maybe bar a couple have a guest spot on them mm. and every single one of those guest spots is someone that is either female trans queer oh yeah, yeah. or within the lgbtq some crazy sort of community some cra- crazy guests in there yeah actually. one of the ones which kind of shocked a lot of people was shirley manson yeah, of garbage yeah, yeah, which yeah. if because her part is only just a spoken word bit and if you're not aware that that is shirley manson's voice you're mm. like or where Shirley Manson sort of thing um, but they've got um, Laura Jane Grace from Against Me mm-hmm. um, Sadie Switchblade of Gloss Fame now um, oh my god what is her solo project called Dyke Drama um, uh, and just loads of other people but the reason this is in my albums of the year is because after Weekend Nacho you split up after Gloss kind of disappeared after Punch had sort of gone away I guess Sex Prisoner is kind of there but I wanted I had, I needed my power violence fix and this slid in perfectly it's angry it's aggressive but it has a message and meaning behind it it's not silly and like just because of the message they they are portraying like everything they say is kind of about the way that women, trans people, queer people, again, the whole LGBTQ people have been treated throughout history and still to now is really, really powerful. And I hate kind of using that term in music, but music can be a powerful tool. And I think this is a record that has come at a perfect time. Like, even if this isn't your cup of tea... Like the way that they're kind of doing things is interesting and it's intriguing, and I hope kind of bring like because they've kind of filled that hole that Gloss sort of had. Because even though Gloss just had those two EPs, there was a lot of sort of momentum behind what they were doing, what their message was. But then when they went, nobody was kind of obviously there's still people that are kind of talking about what the Hearst Collective are but not as directly and so forefrontly I don't think I could be completely wrong and I just don't I'm not aware of it but this was kind of the first time I was became aware of that sort of thing um, and yeah it just perfectly filled a, a hole in my musical yeah, taste yeah. um, it's quite hard to pick a song <laughs> because as I mentioned I don't think there's any that are over um two minutes long but always surviving is is the one i'm going to pick just because again it's it's kind of to deal with sort of rape culture and things like that 
and I think in this day and age, like there's so much kind of shit about that going on. So to hear people outwardly talking about that is in punk and hardcore is rad, and is a message that still needs to be hammered home. Unfortunately, you said everything odd pretty much. I <laughs> no, nailed it. I mean, funny funny fact. Um, this record came up on my Spotify most played. Oh, but. I think I only played it like two or three times. There you go. Because it's like just so like short, like yeah, yeah. tracks or something. Yeah, killer record. Yeah, good choice. Cool. Uh, number six for yourself. Uh, now I'm going to go heavy as well, uh, and that's Jesus piece only self. I thought it was going to come up at some point. Yeah. Um, this took me by surprise a little bit. Yeah. I kind of ducked out of a lot of the heavy kind of world in my older ages recently. <laughs> But I don't know, there's something really exciting about this. I, I really liked the EPs, um, and they signed to Southern Lord, and then they brought this out. And um, I guess I was really ready to hear this. this, yeah. was, this like I said, it took me by surprise. It kind of reminded me of Earlier Blood Has Been Shed, and I was like, oh, this is yeah, yeah. happening to a younger me. I like this. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. riffs galore. Um, really, really heavy guitars. I really like the guitars. The guitar nerd in me loves this kind of sound um i feel like i don't know like i probably get a lot of stick for this but there is when you being really honest with yourself there are some kind of deathcore elements to it oh yeah definitely but i think that the thing that splits it apart from all that is the rhythm yeah the drums i think i don't i don't know it's just something in his playing yeah that really separates it yeah so if you when you add that in I that now class it as a hardcore record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's purely for the rhythm alone. Um, yeah, the vocals are some of the most aggressive yeah. vocals in a record. They're I've ridiculous. Heard for a long time. Um, saw him last night actually. At, with we the, did at he, the nothing show. Yeah, um, in a very different sort of setting. Yeah, but. yeah. Um, so yeah, I think the track for me on this one would be adamant. Yeah. Um, so oh yeah, some really weird sort of atmospheric moments on this as well. Yeah, yeah. Which like the the end of the record, like the two kind of yeah, it's essentially two two like, outros, which is quite weird. Yeah, it's like kind of there's a part one and a part two. One's yeah. kind of a bit more of a somber somber intro, and then it's like a full on doom song. Yeah, like yeah. Which I've heard some people have been like, eh, what? I didn't really get it. Yeah, but that's yeah. What they want so to do. I, that's what they want to do. So what? What number was this? This was. The Jesus piece. Which one was? What number are we on? I forget now. Oh, six. Number six. So yeah, I think number six is probably the most exciting one. Like yeah. I've, like I, like I said, I've sort of bowed out of a lot of heavy stuff, but I was really excited to get back into this because yeah. it opened a lot. This was, in general this year has been really strong for hardcore. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess a lot of uh, this has a lot to do with like the whole world of Code Orange and Turnstile that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Opened up a lot of doors. But I was just, it felt nice to be excited about a, a heavy band like Jesus Peace again. Yeah. And, like, I was exactly the same. Like, I was really sort of excited about this record. Obviously, there is a bit of a reputation that goes along with Jesus Peace Live. Obviously, the whole kind of, like, hate mosh, whatever you oh, want to call God, it, sort yeah. of thing. Okay. Um, and I was, like, again, like you, fan of the EPs. And I was kind of like, is this just going to be, like, a mosh record? Because I didn't want that, like, because I think the the EPs, like, there were ele- there were sort of like mosh elements to them, but I think because obviously Jesus Peace have got, kind of gained that momentum in the hardcore world, they could have easily just gone, well, we're going to make a record that's going to make people want to 
punch each other in the face sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But what you kind of alluded to with the drums, for me, that makes the difference in this not being a moshcore record in that it is a, a heavy hardcore record that they do interesting elements like there's obviously there are sort of beatdowns and stuff in this record but they it's like you said the kind of the rhythm of it it's like they could have so easily just gone dun dun boom Dun, dun, yeah, but yeah, that yeah, sort yeah. of thing. Just, yeah, if it but, was a different a different drummer on this record, yeah, it could have been but they don't. Like, so when they do the heavy bits, unless I don't want to make this sound like I'm being ignorant, but unless you're listening to the drums and what he's doing, you are just because I'm not a musician of any sort, but like I mainly listen to what the vocalist is doing because that's what I like, mm -hmm. and but. So when you kind of deconstruct a song, for me again the the second thing I go to is guitar, unless it's something like power violence or anything where there's blast beats. I'm like, oh yeah, blast beats sort of thing. <laughs> um, he just did the finger wag. <laughs> yeah. But with this, it, I was like, because I was expecting like your standard D beat, but he doesn't break into that. He breaks into something completely different when there is the big chuggy bits where you expect that and I think that's what makes this kind of stand out compared to other hardcore records that have mm. come out this year yeah. yeah yeah bang on cool uh, number five right I'm gonna probably absolutely butcher the pronunciation of this so I'm gonna quickly get it up just in case I do and you might be able to do a better job of it than me so the band is Respire and the album is called Denumont. Denumont? Yeah, yeah, I'll go with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you aware of this band? No. Okay, so I believe they're from Canada. Um, let's have a little quick about me. Yeah, Toronto, Canada. Um, and basically they're kind of of this new... Well, some people sort of lump them in with this kind of new sort of black gaze wave thing but okay. for me they have a lot more elements of screamo to it and that is why I absolutely love this record because it's kind of as my tastes have developed and grown this is the type of screamo that I want to listen to it's atmospheric it's big it's emotive but also like at the same time it just sounds beautiful and for some reason in the last couple of years I've massively got into violins in heavy music this ticks that box Excellent. it's like it's just a really nice record like as I say it's got kind of got that um, a kind of Fall of Referra sort of vibe but maybe not as heavy it kind of leans on the more emotional sort of side of it so that's why I kind of lump it in with the kind of screamo sort of thing but yeah like this record just came up on sort of one of the um, Facebook groups that I'm sort of part of uh, listened to it once and I was sort of like yeah that's cool um, and then I just kept going back to it and kept going back to it and I was sort of like oh no I really fucking like this record um, it's kind of got that's as I say it's got that sort of like soundscapey sound so they've got like some of their tracks are like seven minutes long six minutes long nearly eight minutes sort of thing but then they do also have the shorter 
sort of songs as well um but I, I think the reason I like this so much is the violin in it. It just I don't know why. Like I think ever since we came out like Tigers, kind of that was the first band that I really liked that had that kind of heavy guitars with a violin in it. Yeah, I miss that band. And then obviously now them guys doing Dawn Raid, uh Morrow, shout out Liam, hi Liam. Um obviously him doing sort of fiddle in Morrow, that kind of opened me up and I just sort of was searching for that sound a lot more and these guys just nail it on the head um the track that i'd recommend is the opening track called bound it's just it builds up like really nice and slow and the guys i, th- I think it's a male vocalist i could be wrong i don't actually know a whole lot about the band themselves unfortunately um but he's got a really nice kind of it's it sounds weird saying this but it's, it's like a generic scream but it kind of sits really nicely in what the the rest of the band are doing like you're not everything kind of sits as an ensemble you're not sort of distracted by one or the other sort of thing and I think that's why it works so well is that everything pieces together rather than you're like oh that drum bit was really cool or oh that guitar riff was really cool just They've obviously worked as a band to make that sound. So yeah, that is my my number five. Awesome. Yeah, another one I'll check out for sure. I heard a lot of um, similar things said uh, from people about that Mole record as well. Did you check that out? Or it was, for me, it was just Death Heaven Dire. Oh really? I just, <laughs> I, I just, yeah, it's just. Yeah, it, I guess it was just like a mental note to like check it out because. As much as oh, that's the first I've ever heard anyone talk about that record. But yeah, a lot of people have mentioned the Mole records. So yeah, I for, guess for me personally, when I you just, mentioned that, something in my head went ding. Oh yeah, you got to check that out. Yeah, like they've got one. There's one track which is quite cool, but the rest of it for me is just it's um it's Rose to Judah ver- um, version two. Yeah. Okay. So I wasn't a massive. Right, maybe I won't. Massive then. Shoot me down. <laughs> Uh, so what's your Jeez. number? What's your number five? My number five is Candy. Good to feel. Yeah, yeah. Um, when they dropped the first track of the record, I was so excited. Yeah, so was I. I mean, I I liked the EP beforehand. Like there was a lot of buzz about it. I didn't quite. What un- the the EP or the record? The the previous EP that was on Triple B as well. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Was there buzz around that or the the record? Is that what you want to? Oh, the EP I'm talking about. Right, sorry. yes, so yeah, yeah, Before yeah. this was even released. Yeah. So I checked that out and I was like, okay, yep, we can get into this. And then they released this, and I really wasn't expecting it. No, whatsoever. I wasn't at all. I was like, wow. I was like, where's this record out? Where's this record out? I need it. I need it. Um, yeah, met every expectation I had. Yeah. I mean, Triple B for a start are just killing it. At yeah. The moment. Like really, really everything they've released. I don't think I've liked. I don't think I've liked. Yeah, I don't think I've, they've released something that I haven't liked yet. Yeah. So they're, they're, as well, especially this year as well. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you, but it kind of. I'm thinking of this as kind of 2018's answer to Integrity. Okay. This might be the new Integrity for me. I guess in a way, their aesthetic has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Because they've got the the whole. Weirdly, they're really influenced by the whole sort of Manchester scene, which is fucking weird. I think it's because so they're all into dance music. Yeah, but, but again, that's just really like it's a really strange thing. But yeah, they've got an aesthetic. They've got like their merch is highly sought after. Yeah, and that kind of thing. So I, 
there's promise there, I think, because Integrity are kind of that Bennett's Yeah, promise. yeah. Um, so I think they, by the time they release another couple of albums, they're going to be getting to that point, I yeah. think. But anyway, back to the actual record. Um, it's, of all the hardcore I've heard this year, this is the most fuck you of them. Yeah. Lot. It's so aggressive. Yeah. Um, the dude sounds killer on it. The, again, riffs galore. Um, and I, yeah, I'm not, I don't think I'll get bored of this for a while. No. Actually. And I'm just, I'm obviously going to go for the opening track, Good to Feel. Yeah. That's the standout track. Um, I think that's about it, really, for that one. <laughs> I think that's about it. <laughs> that's um, about, yeah, just it's again. It's, it's I'm glad I'm getting excited about this music again yeah. because it, it did die off for me a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, thanks to bands like Candy and like the whole Triple B roster, I, I I can honestly say I'm officially excited about hardcore again. Yeah. So I guess that's another reason why it's, it's this. On this is number five. This is halfway up my list. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I'm not going to say too much more because... It, TBC, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So, um, we'll stick with you with number four. Okay, number four is uh, Leon Vinehall with Nothing Is Still. Again, um, someone I have no clue about. Well, I'm going to mirror a lot of the things I've said about um, John Hopkins, to be honest. Right, okay. So, he's UK house, um, sort of started in the underground... Released a couple of EPs, which again, like, I seem to be saying the same thing over and over again, but <laughs> it's mostly the case. He released a couple of EPs, which got a lot of attention. He, he got Pitchfork's attention, right. yada yada yada, and he signed to a label called Ninja Tune, and they sort of really go for the whole kind of soundscapey, uh, ambient sort of soundtracky aesthetic. Yeah. Um. Uh, so yeah, he, he they went with um, Vinehall for the, his his debut, and it was a big move. It was a, probably the best move he's going to make because this album's blown up big time. Right. So. Okay. But yeah, it's 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 right up my alley. I've listened to it. It's probably I think it came up on one of my most played on Spotify. Yeah. Um, it's live sort of live band mixed with uh, sort of ambient electro. But there's some really kind of almost you could definitely picture this on a soundtrack. Yeah, definitely. It's got some really sort of booming bass with like really nice strings over the top. But okay. there's quite that kind of whole that whole sound. Um, I'd love to see it live because apparently his live shows are quite special. Um, but I haven't had the opportunity yet. Um. I can't remember where I was going with this one either. <laughs> You're doing well with this. No, I am you? going. Yeah, oh yeah, the uh, the album artwork is phenomenal as well. But it's called Nothing Is Still, but it's, it looks like it's on almost like the San Francisco Bridge, where all that the, the traffic is completely still, but the bridge is moving. Okay, I thought that was really cool. And uh, a lot of the um, the songs are kind of split into three parts. So like sort of, so the track listing goes as it was it, the, my my standout track for this record is called Ice Cream <laughs> but it's called Chapter 6 okay so it's, it's all you will have like a it's a it's one continuous track that's about five six minutes long but it's split into three parts but it sort of seamlessly blends in together so you'll, you'll notice a drop and then it'll be another 
section of almost something completely different. But okay. You'll still know that it's the same song. Like, yeah, I'll, there's I'll, still elements of it. That yeah, I'll same. look at the track and I'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, it is the same song, but it, I thought it would have been, you'd think it would change the next track, but actually it's the same one continuously playing. Right. But at the same time, you know. Okay. Um, yeah, but this is high up the least. The, li- the least? The, <laughs> the least. Purely because of how much I've played it, I think. Yeah, yeah. cool. Uh, so my number four is kind of a similar thing uh, just based on how much I ended up playing this record which took me by surprise because my previous sort of introduction to this band I wasn't a massive fan of Um, so my number four is Culture Abuse, Baydream Um, the first album I can't remember the name of it but I just thought it was okay there wasn't anything massive in it for me this record came out and I remember there being a big sort of buzz around it and I checked it out um, I, ch- I remember they did uh, I'm going to quickly get the track list up because I can't remember what the name of the song is I want to say Pip but I could be wrong or it's Dip or something like that Da-da-da. Filler <laughs> Oh, pit, dip sorry dip <laughs> so that um, was one of the singles and I remember sort of seeing that floating around and I checked it out and I was sort of like okay like it's mm. alright There's n- but there's nothing like there wasn't anything grabbing me and then it wasn't until uh, I'm going to do a massive name drop clanger here but it wasn't until I went on the Svalbard tour with Modern Life is War that all of those guys were banging on about that record and they because the one life is war guys had just come off of tour with them and saying they're fantastic blah 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 blah. and i was like okay maybe i need to revisit this uh and then they announced that they were doing a tour over here and i was sort of like they're playing southampton i was like oh i might go along sort of thing blah blah blah. and then gouge away got announced i was like okay i'm going um so i thought right i'll go back to this record and then I don't know why. I think it just might have been p- because of pure persistence of me listening to it. Mm. It just stuck. And then I was like, oh, this is really fucking fun. This is just really good, catchy music that you can sing along to and have a really good time. And that was it. I was just like, I think there was a, maybe a month and a half period where I like listened to this record every single day. Um, just like especially over the summer like it's the perfect summer album and I think like the first five tracks I think it's so it, I'm just going to name the track so it goes title track Bay Dream Rats in the Walls Dip Be Kind to the Bugs and Swy they just all are just absolute bangers and it's like if you're driving along it's baking sunny outside you've got those five tunes like you're just having a wonderful time and yeah just after that I was like oh now I get it sort of thing so and the, the it's an album that I keep going back to now they were really cool live the songs are it's weird like the songs sound heavier live than they do on the record um but they're like on the record they're just like really super catchy and like fun to sing along to so yeah. um, the last of those 
five songs that I've mentioned, Swai is my favourite. Like, it's just got a really hooky, catchy chorus that like I'm. It's going around in my head now, like that I can. I want to sort of hum along and sing to <laughs> it. Um, so yeah, that is my number four, Cultural yeah. Abuse Bay Dream. Cool. Yeah, people love this. Band. Yeah, and I can like. It took me ages. I was like, why? I don't mm. get it. But a f- something just all of a sudden. I think you just need to drill it into your head and then they're like, yep, you've got yeah. earworms in your head. Yeah, I, I think, I, I didn't drill it into my head as much, but I listened to it a lot when it was in during the summertime. So it was definitely a summer album for me. But it was not something I'd sort of take away with me sort of thinking, oh, this is definitely one of the best records of the no. year. Like, again, like people love this band it gets a hell of a lot of buzz, but it's, they're definitely not a band that really stay with me. Yeah. But it's definitely something you just throw on. Yeah, oh yeah yeah like, and I think that's kind of why it's there because I threw it on so much yeah. I remember it being very catchy yeah yeah. yeah. I think Kami was the one that liked that I liked I think it was that was just the uh, the single that they dropped from it Kami Kami oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah that's my my number four cool. um, just because I've kind of name dropped them a little bit I'm going to stick with number three um, this has no bearings on the fact that they are some of my best friends you're right <laughs> uh, but my third re- favourite record of this year is uh, Svalbard's It's Hard to Have Hope um, as I mentioned they are very good friends of mine but this record was just fucking killer like it was um, not a huge leap from what they'd done on the on their previous um, full length but I think they finally found like the voice that they were looking for like they'd had the sound but now they had kind of what they fully wanted to say and i think that amalgamation of those two things is really prevalent in this record um i was because again like not just because they're friends i love this band anyway like before i became really close friends with them like i was a big supporter of them um so i was not skeptical but i wanted this album to be good and i'm so glad like it came out as well as it had um and like this year i to be fair this is the only kind of holy rule band that i've mentioned but holy rule have had a pretty decent year to be fair um and kind of like off the back of that that was kind of like another thing like they'd had really good success with Kundra they'd had really sex uh, sex <laughs> so I don't know where that came from they'd had really good sex su- with Kundra yeah they'd had really good success with uh, the Rolo album um, they had really good success with the Mole album um, so then when this it was time for this to come around it was sort of like right you need to top all those other albums that have come before you on Holy Raw and I think they did it in spades. Like musically, again, it's not hu- a huge shift, but it's almost like they've refined what they did on the on the first album. Like it still has like the tremolo picking guitars. It still has like the riffs. It still has the really cool drums that Mark does. But as I say, the thing that makes this album is Serena's lyrical content. Like it's kind of like. She, kind of like what we were saying with Candy and the sort of aggressiveness like she's finally gone no I'm going to fucking say what I want to yeah. say yeah the lyrics are very literal yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's really fucking rad like it's it's cool that 
a band from the UK is doing that. It's not mm. often that we've seen that in the last couple of years. And I think now we are seeing more bands doing it. And it's great that a band like Svalbard, who cross a lot of genre barriers, like there's hardcore fans that like them, there's crust fans that like them, there's metal fans that like them, there's tech fans that like them. So the fact that they can kind of bring all that together, yet portray this outward message is it's going back to the reason why I kind of chose hers as well as kind of important yeah. in, in that sort of world and like as lame and cliche as it sounds it's good to have those kind of important albums out there um, so yeah I was thrilled to bits that this record was, <clears throat> was really good um, my standout track is uh, Revenge Porn because I think it goes to that element of saying that like Serena finally kind of said what she wanted to say mm. and it's co- like Svalbard obviously described themselves as a feminist band but obviously f- Serena, with Serena being the only female in the band but she has the full support and backing of the other guys they fully support what she's saying and it's cool that a band is saying that I think that mm. that's kind of the direction that UK music's going and I think Svalbard are at the top of that yeah absolutely yeah um, mega happy for those guys considering they started I guess with us in the local scene quote yeah. unquote like I remember seeing them when I was in my old band I think it was, I think it was in my old band um, potentially uh, yeah yeah I think that's about when they started and seeing where they got to now yeah fair play to them and this, this record I spent quite a lot of time with actually because I'm not I don't want to sound like kind of bitter but I don't really spend a lot of time with um, the UK underground these days probably yeah. again it's probably all my own fault it's probably me being ignorant and stuff but these, <laughs> yeah. these guys have always st- stood out with me um, again they're all like all great guys as well yeah. I think that helps them but yeah this this record it was really quite a big step up for them Um I haven't seen them a lot live like, recently. I don't know. Uh, well, I know you have because you've been on the road the whole time. But um, I think they're now my like most watched band. Yeah, so yeah, was... that makes sense. No, yeah, good choice. Yeah, cool. Uh, your number three. My number three is Turnstile, Time and Space. Cool. Um, I've always been into the band. I think I liked them from the first the first couple of EPs yeah. that they did. Um, so yeah, they've always been tipped well actually no they're more of a sort of big time name now but they were like the big hype band for a little bit yeah yeah they were very much of that kind of yeah. talk and then when I saw them live I was like okay I get it yeah yeah they're rad um, and they brought out this record and it just it just oozed cool yeah it's a cool record yeah like it's aggressive it's fun it's kind of funky it's catchy for a hardcore record and they're opening a lot of doors for other bands of that kind of scene as well yeah. um, super aggressive and energetic live show yeah. like probably the best in the game oh hands down I hands think. down um, yeah I think every, every track on this record is a banger even the little interludes are quite like yeah yeah um um, I've dropped a bomb on me. That's the one. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to um, 
to pick out a a favourite track actually I've got a few but if I if gone to my head I'd probably to pick the closer Time and Space yeah because that's got all the elements in it that's got the aggression it's fast that stompy riff at the end yeah yeah you just want to yeah <laughs> um, I really like the the track with uh, Franz the bassist yeah on Moon. vocals Moons that is the catchiest song yeah yeah um, yeah I think I, I was going to say I wish they tore more but they, they tore do. plenty <laughs> yeah. so I just, just need not to, that I just much need to get off my ass really just not that much over nah, here yeah yeah well, I was just saying that they were here a couple of months ago but they I think the nearest sort of date to us was London so oh okay yeah yeah but yeah number three turnstile time space cool um, I'm going to reserve my judgement okay TBC exactly um Oh God, we're, good. we're now at number two. Um, I'll go because it's a band that you have mentioned. Uh, Candy, good to feel. Nice. Uh, very much like yourself, had kind of heard a lot of people sort of talking about this band, predominantly Patrick Kinlan from uh, Self Defense Family slash Drug Church slash Axe to Grind fan uh, fame slash. Mm every other podcast in the world it seems apart from mine come on my podcast um it'll be up for it i reckon oh mate i fucking love patrick <laughs> on this podcast um but yeah so i sort of seen the name i was like candy like what fucking shit name i was like <laughs> i just couldn't get it so i was like right so big up so i heard the ep and i was like okay yeah this is cool like get it it's nice and like yourself that single "Good to Feel" came out, and I was like, "Oh shit, this is this is game changing sort of thing." And like from that, like very much like yourself, I was like, "I need to hear this record mm. right now. I do not want to wait." And I think I was literally counting down the days. <laughs> and I haven't done this in forever, but it just happened that I was awake at midnight our time. So obviously that was the time that it switched over on, yeah, on Spotify yeah, yeah. and I was like I'm going to listen to this record right now and I'm fucking glad I did did you just sit at your laptop just waiting for it to pop up no 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 I literally <laughs> I think I got in I'd, I can't remember where I'd, I'd been out somewhere and I'd got in and I was like it's gone midnight yeah. I'm, I can listen to I'm, Candy I'm not going to lie I was tempted to do that but oh it's just a like as you said it's balls to the wall aggressive it's just fucking brilliant but the thing that like you didn't mention which I love about this record is when a lot of people okay it has changed a lot now but when people say oh they're a hardcore band they have a kind of a preconceived notion in their head if you're not fully au fait with a hardcore world nowadays this album for me completely shatters any expectations that you have like good to feel is essentially kind of a power violence track but then the very next track is like a hardcore track then they do a thrash track then they do a punk track then they do almost kind of like a metal track it's just like every single track is different but it still maintains that key ingredient that makes yeah, candy yeah, yeah. candy definitely and i think that's what made this record so exciting for me is like i can keep going back to it and I'm not track skipping. I'm not bored of it at all. I could, like the, I think it only runs for about twenty three minutes. Yeah, like yeah, maximum. super short. 
Um, but you, I can listen to this in one fell swoop and be like, yep, yeah, I'm mm. going to do that again, sort mm. of thing. Um, so, yeah, I think I've gushed over candy enough. <laughs> um, my track is different to yours, though. Mine is Systematic Death, just yeah. because that chant vocal bit goes, Systematic Death! <laughs> it's just fucking brilliant. <laughs> so, uh, that is my track, and that is my number two, uh, Candy Good to Feel. Nice. Number two. Uh, number two. Okay, this was. It's not too. It's not miles away, genre-wise, but it was very close to being um, Birds and Row. Uh, their record. What's going on? I'm just gonna put it a bit away from you. Oh, now. okay. Because <laughs> you're talking like this. <laughs> it was um, yeah, very close to the Birds and Row record. Right. I forget what it's called now. Something we lost. We lost the world or something oh, like God, that. Yeah, now you've got me because I should have put that in my number of mentions. Cause that's a fucking banging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very close. Um, I just yeah that was a massive step up for them. Like, yeah, oh, it was, yeah. It, they kind of um, we already lost. We already lost. We the already world. lost the world. Yeah, they kind of again. I hate saying the word because it sounds patronising, but matured yeah. whilst keeping the aggression that they yeah. had like two records ago. Anyway, that's neither than there. Not number two, <laughs> but my number two is L with she. Right. Um, I. I like I said, it was close with Birds and Row because they're not too far apart, genre-wise. Yeah. This is more... I mean, they're per- like, well, members of L and Birds and Row's kind of career paths have been parallel. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, I can... If you're going to put a gun to my head and say, what genre is this? What genre is this? I'd automatically say Screamo. Yeah. But it's this is different for me. This is almost has... This almost has like a an indie element to it. Yeah. Mostly because of the guitars, yeah. So the, the guitars are kind of a bit more clean, um, which is unusual considering all the past not not past members, the previous members' bands like Bon Iver, Lama Preta, and stuff. Yeah. They were really heavily distorted, so it's almost like they sat down with each other and said, "Right, let's let's approach this one a little different." Yeah, we'll clean the guitars a little bit, and so, so that makes the drums punchier. Mm. And that's what they achieved, I think. Yeah, uh, the, <clears throat> there's a really great sounding record, and it sounds like it's it's it doesn't sound like they went too ham on the production. Yeah, but it's I think they've achieved what they wanted to achieve, mm. and uh, they're, they're probably I'd say they're the best in the game in in the world in the world in the realm <laughs> in the world in, the world. <laughs> in their realm of music. Yeah, I think like I guess with all the bands they've been in, they've sort of chalked up all the experience and stuff um favorite well standout track for me i think is probably crossed out which is one of the singles they released um yeah i'm always going to be a sucker for like the stuff that these guys put out yeah yeah um i think there's one guitarist that's stuck in most of the bands like continuously like through even through um bonavere all the way through um Prieta into this. But I don't know if you know he's in another band called um Mare Island. Okay. Which is actually a bit more middle of the road for him. Like it's kind of it's kind of I'd say explosions but with singing. Okay. Singing, yeah. So yeah, he, he's you can automatically tell his stamp on what Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um I really hope to see it live soon. Yeah. Um have you heard any rumblings? I have. Okay. I don't know definites, but I've heard rumblings. Okay, cool. 
Yeah, so that's I think that's a solid number two. For yeah, me. I mean, I've, I've it, this was later on in the year as well. I think it was released. Uh, I think it was kind of tail end of the summer, maybe. I think this came out. Yeah. Shout out to Darren Harvey. Oh yeah, definitely for for putting this out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So I was they the EP that they put out previously. Yeah shapes the hype for this one yeah yeah because there was quite a gap I think oh yeah it was, I think it was nearly three years yeah yeah so yeah I was, I was itching for this yeah and um, yep definitely solid number two well I think that's perfectly segue into our honourable mentions because okay. this was going to be one of my my honourable mentions because like yourself I was really really dig the the EP that they did um, and like I'm a fan of obviously all the other bands that they've done, like big Loma fan. Love Bonavir, not as big as as a fan as I am with Loma. Um, But yeah, as you say, the the EP kind of shaped the the hype and things like this. Um, The reason this isn't kind of higher up for me is I just think I haven't listened to it enough purely. Like it fits exactly what I want in that world. Like, I am a fan of the whole sort of distorted screamo thing, but I think, like as you say, that kind of they, the fact they've got that cleaner tone makes it that bit more interesting. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think so, it's another solid album from from this year. Mm. Um, in terms of honourable mentions, mm. um, I'm just going to go through through my list pretty quickly. But there's one I'm going to linger on because it would have been my record of the year if it was a full length. So um, I'm going to quickly fire off some. So Daughter's new record, uh, You Can't Get What You Want. Fucking great return from them, guys. Similarly, Return for Hope's Fall, Arbitra. Arbitra? Arbitra. Arbitra. Thank you. I can't say the word. So they were really cool return albums. Um, Hardcore-wise, Blind Justice, uh, No Matter the Cost, uh, Mind Force, Excalibur, title track on that alone mm-hmm. was just that riff just fucking rips it's, like so, I'm living in a nightmare. <laughs> it's just so good <laughs> um vain arizona like slipknot worship but it was fucking rad yeah it took me by surprise that one um akulu three track ep mm-hmm. like the end um track i can't remember what it's called now sanctuary of depression fucking banger like they're a really big hype band over in America. So and like they started doing live shows and it's kind of seems the hype is is very much real. Um Harm's Way's new record went very out early this year. That was was pretty good. For, like a return to form for them, in my opinion. And then kind of going the Screamo route came out late this well, very late. I think it's only this week it's officially kind of came out. Uh, Kaddish's new record which came out of fucking nowhere is that officially released? I have it on record uh, uh, so uh, What the World Was Still fucking that band yeah. can do no wrong in my my view to be honest now that if if it was a, if I say it was officially released it probably would have made more time yeah um, Cassus Separation Anxiety great record that was so good like massive step up for them again shout out Dog Knights for, for putting that one out um and good friends of mine, Charlotte Light and Dark, their new record, uh, Postcards from Anatondora. I don't. Sorry, Darren, <laughs> if I've butchered your your art, but yeah, like 
Miles, when he said that, he was like, it's the perfect Screamo album. And oh, really? Like, it's really, really cool. Um, but the one I did want to linger on quickly... Oh, sorry, didn't forget to mention Orchard's uh, Lovers Slash Losers, just really fun, catchy indie pop stuff. Yeah. Um, banging Summer. Well, they call it an EP, but it's eight tracks, so I think it is a record, but hey-ho. Mm. Um, but the one I do want to linger on, Year in the year of the Knife, First Eight Aggression, if that was a full-length record, that would be my record of the year. It was so heavy. I like, like count that as an LP, for sure. It's four tracks. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was <laughs> Yeah, it's only four tracks <laughs> and a and an interlude. Um, oh yeah. But it's just like it's everything I want from hardcore. It's angry. It's got beatdowns. It's got two stepping bits. The vocals are just fucking raw as hell. Everything they're talking about is like fuck the government, fuck the world. Um, and they've got a song that's evil, and the vocal like the chorus just goes. At Ivar, and it's like yes, um, kind of like the cu- culture abuse, but on the flip side, like I've literally listened to this once a week, every yeah. week since it's been out. I think so. Yeah, that if this was a full length, it would have been my record of the year. Yeah, fair play. I Your think... honourable mention. Or oh, go on, go on. No, no, no I was just going to say about Year of the Knife. I think they um, they struggled to bust out of. Um, what's bust into should I say the hardcore scene because they kind of they're from Delaware and there's not a, really a lot if not at all going on yeah um, so I think they were picked up for a tour maybe I want to say Jesus piece and I think that helped them out oh yeah 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 but yeah I, but I think since then they I think they've toured with like terror and stuff like that so yeah yeah so like, it was just you know root for the underdog kind of thing yeah like yeah they, they got what they wanted but yeah so your honourable mentions okay Um, I wasn't actually really ready for this <laughs> Uh, um, I'm just gonna. Oh, and because we mentioned it as well, Birds and Row, because I completely forgot about that record. Of course. Um, listen to that Trail Eyes one a lot. Yeah, yeah. I really, that really was, like that, that record. record. Um, again, uh, opening doors up to hardcore for me once again has been great. I've been enjoyed getting back into stuff that I used to listen to years ago. Um, I'm just gonna list off stuff that I've got marked on here. Why Oak released a blinder this year um no age was a great record new nothing and uh, the new nothing nowhere record was also awesome yeah also, i've also got his collective um oh yeah this i don't know if you listen to this one night flowers no. i think that'd be right up your alley i think I, I first saw them a couple of years ago uh when they supported beach slang okay yeah so they're from the uk i think they've done quite well well with this record i forget the name of the record though I think World Nation it's called um, they, yeah they're kind of almost like dream poppy kind of okay. indie stuff um, nods to Tiger's Jaw a little bit right okay yeah you'd be right up your alley um, the Now Now record yeah I really like that record yeah I spent a lot of time with that uh, on a tricks point never kind of again kind of housey cinematic yeah soundtracky kind of stuff really bizarre at times um, Birds of Row of course JPEG Mafia get into that I've never heard kind of death grips but even more bizarre if possible okay yeah really cool so, sorry on that note did, did you see the thing that death grips posted today no so there was a a news article I can't remember what outlet it was uh, but some bloke basically destroyed Donald Trump's uh, Hollywood star 
And he said he got the energy to do it by listening to Death Grips. <laughs> My man. So, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got daughters as well. And, oh, that again, another one recently, Anderson Pack. Get into that. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great record. It's very close to my top 10, actually. I'm pretty sure he's touring next year. I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think he is. Um, but there's one in particular that I feel like I need to mention because I really connected with it. And I, if it had been under different circumstances, it probably would have made my list. But yeah. because it's a controversial subject, um, Pine Grove Skylight. Yeah. I've, I listened to it almost non-stop when it came out okay it's completely almost completely different from Cardinal yeah yeah and I think I prefer it see I think that's why I haven't really gone back to it because I loved Cardinal mm. and I listened to this a couple of times and I was like and it's not for me and I just, really? haven't, and I just haven't gone back to it okay yeah I, I don't know I can't quite put my finger on it I think because it's yeah it's a lot less catchy for a start but I think they had an idea with this record and it was kind of like we're going to record it our own way which seemed to be I watched some kind of um, studio diary thing and it was very sort of old looking house and they just kind of spread out throughout this house mm. and tried different sounds in different rooms and stuff like that and um, they were kind of gone for a bit more subdued sort of yeah yeah that's and that definitely comes across in moody it? sound and like I said it's not as catchy but some of the songs in particular they're just they're just so well written yeah and um, it's got a really sort of nice rustic sound to it yeah again I, if it had been under different circumstances I mean you can read up about it yada yada yeah. yada yada was it Pitchfork that did it? yeah they they released hey, a, <laughs> they released a massive article yeah they? you know it, it was kind of one sided um, but it's there it is was, a good read though yeah and there's lots of people that claim to know you know, it's that they're, they're a bit more inside baseball that know more yeah, than yeah. others. Yada yada yada. Anyway, I've got my own opinions on it. But again, if it was under different circumstances, this might be a different place on my list. Yeah. Well, as we're at it, what is your number one? My number one is Idols. Uh, Joy as an act of resistance. Perfect follow-up record. Yeah. From um, I can't last week, brutalism. Brutalism. I think brutalism was that had a bit like debut album uh, scenario where they were just like yep here we are we're going to go bonkers here's a record bam 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 done yeah. we're going to tour the hell out of it so it was like very frantic very fast um, and then they, I think they sat down and really took their time to figure out how they want to go with this one yeah and it was I think if I'll picture him sat around at a, a, a table and thinking right what do we want we want heavier check we want bigger riffs check we want um, more poignant message in our lyrics. Check. Yeah, they, they did all of it perfectly. I mean, the uh, the production for a start. I, th I feel like it's different from brutalism. Yeah. Um, it's a bit more. It's, it's. I want to say a bit more punk, but it's it sounds bigger. Yeah, yeah. It's for it's. A start. They've kind of obviously tried to keep that sound, but they've gone for a good production on it yeah yeah because I'll, I'll keep wanting to say slow down but they haven't slowed down at all oh no 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 because yeah. like, like the first track for instance it's got a very sort of swans-esque intro yeah and then all of a sudden it's almost like they just drop everything and go right let's go mad yeah and yeah. then that rides out the end of the song um 
but I want to say it's I want to say it's an important record. Okay. For reasons. <laughs> for okay. reasons. For four reasons. I guess because it's because of the political climate in the UK. Yeah. Now like, they they hit a lot of things on on the head. Like the guy, he's talking about his best friend, who's an immigrant. Who, um, I think he's in a band actually. Yeah, I think he's he's. Oh, I'm not really sure the because. Obviously, where they're from Bristol, and I have a lot of friends in Bristol. Some yeah. people know this. It's, it's Danny... Ne- Danny Nadelko, the track's yeah, called. Yeah, yeah. So there's people that, that I know that know him. But, yeah. So, yeah. So it's kind of like an ironic sort of um, tale of like how immigrants are perceived in this country yeah. and stuff. And it, it's also the catchiest song on the record. Yeah. Um, And a lot of nods to sort of male machoisms and things like that mm. like that that's quite prominent throughout the whole record actually yeah. i think i've i've actually pinpointed in some of my favorite lyrics cuz I, I i can't not mention them okay so my favorite lyrics is you are a top shot tyrant even your ha- haircut's violent you look like you're from <laughs> love island you stood and the whole room went silent never fight a man with a perm <laughs> so that's that's kind of if you're looking for a if you've never heard of Idols for God knows what for whatever reason, that's kind of a, a cue into what you're going to expect. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. Um, a lot. This one's a lot more kind of throwback punk for me, like with the oi oi chanting. Yeah, kind of yeah. Moments. Um, and like again, I it sounds a bit uh, dramatic to call this an an important record because I, I think it is. I think a lot of the people that listen to kind of like the mainstream punk now uh like you know your average kind of enemy reader well ex-enemy reader now i guess but like who maybe aren't quite tapped into this world and you got idols with this message and they're like if if you're kind of not really um involved in the punk world Mm. and like their sort of way of conveying a message then idols are probably a good in for that, I yeah. think. Uh, so, yeah. So this is, the, I guess, that's probably why it's my number one. Yeah. I've, uh, and obviously, of course, I've listened to it a hell of a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, idols number one. Nice. Um. I'll be totally honest. I haven't really gone deep into this album. I've given it a couple of listens. Um. I think similar to brutalism, like. I liked it but just not enough kind of thing like I don't know there's just something in it for me wasn't fully connecting it might just be I don't know like because I'm more inclined to the heavier type of music that this was sort of almost kind of like people doing a poor imitation of that sort of thing Mm. Um, but what I've listened to of this record is it's okay like it would be nowhere near like my sort of top records of the of the year um but i think like one thing that kind of turned me off not this record but but kind of this band was their whole did you see their whole jules holland thing well the performance yeah yeah for that for me that like was kind of them trying too hard to be punk and okay. like as soon as I saw that, I was sort of like, "Oh, you're you're doing this as a thing. You're not doing this as a band." Like even though, like, 
the message and stuff that they outwardly portray is as you say like it's very of the time it's very sort of now especially here in the uk but i don't know just like seeing that the way that they performed it on a national platform kind of for me just stripped all that away and it was sort of like oh you've, you kind of let yourselves down there a bit oh that's a shame but yeah so that kind of pulled pulled a lot of the idols sort of charm away from me mm. personally but i get why people still absolutely love them i get why people love this record um so yeah i'm, I'm it's cool that you're it's your number one yeah yeah um i'm sure by no surprise by many that my number one is turnstile time and space hey. um you've already kind of covered a lot of the the bases that i wanted to say but um like self was a i've been a fan of this band for a long time um when non-stop feeling came out like i really liked that record but it wasn't a complete record like it's a track record there's like really good tracks on there um so when this was coming out and the fact that it was coming out on roadrunner as well it was sort of like oh okay like this this could be interesting um and then i can't remember what the first track they released from it was now but i remember hearing it and i was just sort of like oh okay like this is cool like it's it's got that sort of sort of 90s vibe mm. to it that they were kind of leaning towards but they've kind of fully lent into it now um and then when the the record actually came out i think is it i need to quickly get it up now cuz consult yeah i'm pretty sure it's the first it's like the opening riff i'm pretty just that instantly sets the tone for the whole record um and as you say like it's fun it's aggressive it's energetic um a lot of people have kind of compared the dude's vocals to to snapcase which like it took me a while to kind of be like Oh yeah, I kind of get that, but like, it's almost like if the dude from Snapcase was in a good band, like not <laughs> not this in Snapcase because I love them, but, Shade on but like, but Snapcase are a very kind of Marmite band, I think. Like within, yeah, like, within the hardcore world, whereas Turnstile, I don't think I think you'll struggle to find a hardcore mm. fan that doesn't like Turnstile. Yeah. Um, and yeah like it's weird to kind of say that a hardcore band is catchy but they are like you can literally like sing along to all their songs like the vocals are aggressive but they're clean vocals Mm. they're not shouted um the guys live just look like they're having the best time and that kind of reflects in their music um and this is it's just a, a really really fun record um and it's no surprise that when i did my uh spotify warps thing mm. that i'd been listening to this record f- for about 10 hours of the year apparently uh real thing is my most played song but ironically it's not my favorite song on the record mm. um yeah i just think this is really really fucking cool um i'm going to pick two songs because moon 
I fucking love, but I think it's just, or well, it obviously is now, but it's not what you expect of Turnstile. Um, but my favourite song on the record is Big Smile. It's just a really, yeah, really yeah. catchy, banging tune that makes me want to stage dive. Every, yeah. It everywhere. flies perfectly from the opener as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, 2018 Turnstile. Hell yeah. Number one. Hell yeah. Cool. So, yeah, that is 2018. Mm. Um, hoping 2019 has plenty more to, to offer. Anything you're excited for? Uh, off the top of my head, the Judiciary album, just because... Oh, I haven't heard that track yet. I, heard the, I listened to the track re- yesterday and I was like, this is interesting because it's, it's a lot more leaning towards that crossover sounds than their EP and that was already heavily sort of in, yeah, that, yeah. in that vein. Um, and weirdly, a band that uh, is kind of a bit... They're not throwback necessarily, but they're kind of appeal to younger me... Uh, band, have you called, heard of a band called Holding Absence? I've heard the name, yeah. Yeah, so they're kind of... Uh, to to give it kind of localism, they're kind of Acres-esque, but the guy just has this phenomenal voice. Um, so yeah, they're releasing their debut full-length next year, so they're kind of two that I'm fully aware of that I know are definitely coming out and I'm looking forward to. So yeah, what about you? Division of Mind. Oh shit! Yeah, I forgot. That's it. That is literally D- division of mind. Yeah. I cannot wait for this fucking record. <laughs> like they they've got a demo which they've got two demos. Sorry, one came out twenty seventeen and one that came out this year, which is only two tracks. So collectively, they have five tracks yeah. total. Is it tri- is it a triple B? Yeah, 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 yeah. I actually reached out to him. Said, "What the fuck's going on?" With Sam Triple B. Yeah. <laughs> Axe to grind, <laughs> sort of shit out. Yeah, because as far as I can see, they've got literally no social media presence. Yeah, I know, like, which is fair. Because I remember, like, when oh, I can't remember where was it, eight five six video I saw. I think it was something like that, and I tried to find stuff of them, and I was like, they're non-existent. Mm, yeah, but, I think yeah. that's kind of part of their aesthetic. Yeah, yeah, which is on doubtful. Yeah, cool. Well, yeah. 2019, bring it on. Hell yeah. Um, cool. That's the third time I said hell yeah. What hell the yeah. the fuck's going on with me? I never say hell yeah. Bring it back. <laughs> it's 1999. <laughs> um, cool. Um, well, I'm going to wrap it up. This will be the last show for 2018. So, um, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, James, thank you very much for joining me on this last pleasure. Episode. Thank you for having me back. Um, it's, I was going to say it's nice to actually talk about my favourite records rather yeah. than just post them on, on social on media. Facebook and whatever. Yeah. People are salty for no reason. I, I saw someone moaning about someone posting about their top ten the other day. Really? I went, yeah. I was like, are we really at that point now? Just, just people warriors, man. Just do it's... something else, anything else. Anything else? <laughs> there That's you go. That's gonna be my motto for twenty nineteen. Two thousand nineteen. Do something else. Do something else. Perfect. Well, there we go. <laughs> Thank you again, everyone, for listening to the Justin Insight podcast, and I'll see you in two thousand nineteen.